Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Get The Beans. At the time of recording, it is now the day after the announcement in Scotland um, that lockdown will be extended for the uh, whole of February. Um, I don't think it was a surprise uh, to anyone considering that um, it had happened down in England. But um, I guess a positive note to look at it if you are living in Scotland is that schools go back here a little bit earlier um, than they do down south. So we can only hopefully take that as a, a little bit of a um, sign or hope that things might happen a little bit quicker. But at the end of the day, um, I think that we're all pretty much going to come out of this um, roughly the same time. But regardless, um, it's been another week where clients have continued um, to inspire me going out their way to, as I said, lunge from their living room, um, up their hall, deadlifting in their back garden like some clients, working out in, under a gazebo and it's snowing um, is incredible. But um, a really, really positive announcement from Two Bros uh, on Monday night as well in regards to their shows for this season. They're pretty confident that even March shows will go ahead. Um, but I think that definitely... Um, the, the, the sort of April and May shows how they've got around it is they're actually using uh, sports halls instead of theatres like some um, like some federations will use and that obviously if theatres will be the last one of the last things to open so if, if places go into tier 3 um, or sport or gyms open and sports halls will open so that's how they've got around it, it might be athletes only but I think they'll still be uh, epic um, or it is epic that they're putting on shows especially for everyone wanting to compete but hey I understand that not everyone is about that competing game who listens to this podcast um, so I'm just going to crack on with today's episode now I'm going to split it into, into two parts and this kind of stems from uh, a couple of questions that clients were asking me and people were asking me on Instagram that I thought I would um, share a little bit of light on I'll probably write an article um, on these sort of topics as well just to kind of go along with it, and if if you think that that they sort of complement each other really well, please do let me know. Um, I know I had said that Clara would be on this week, however, that episode will go live next week because it's actually um, the following week we'd arranged to record. Uh, I'd forgotten that this week she was still on our sort of last week of um, employed work, and she's now obviously going fully self-employed, which is uh, which is incredible um, and amazing to be a part of, but. Anyway, today's episode, going to talk a little bit about clenbuterol, um, how it works, some side effects of it, um, etc. And then just a little bit about the benefit of training partners. I understand that those two topics are very, very different, but um, it's definitely something that I think I could cover in the usual time frame that I do. Uh, if you listen to this, you'll know that I'm pretty pretty big for waffling and rambling on, so uh, I'll do my best to try and keep it short. So. I don't think it's a secret in the bodybuilding world that, that clenbuterol will will aid in, in fat loss. And I think that although a lot of people know that it does, they, they're kind of unsure about the, the sort of mechanisms of action, you know, its side effects. In if you're if you're a competitor um, and you compete in untested federations, uh, its usage will be fairly common, even if you aren't aware of it. Um, you know, for the most part, it is, I would say, openly discussed in the likes of the male class, uh, the male classes, but for some reason, it can still be like a quite a taboo sh- subject um, surrounding the female classes um, when not everyone will be on it for sure, but there will be a lot of competitors 
um, in an untested sort of federation that will be using it. And I think the, the reason that people perhaps don't want to talk about it is that they have a lack of understanding of it and perhaps this fear of being judged by others for using it. So I think before we go into it, we should probably look at like first what its medical uses are. Um, and originally, like in the medical field, it was used to kind of treat um, people with breathing difficulties such as such as asthma. Um, it effectively relaxes the, the muscles, you could say, in the lungs, widens the airways, um, and in turn increasing airflow into the lungs. So people with breathing difficulties can, can breathe that a little bit better. Um, however, it also has properties that affect the body's, what we call, autonomic nervous system. You're probably thinking, oh, fucking never heard of that before, but you've heard of the central nervous system before. Autonomic nervous system, what you need to just think is that it's autonomic, automatic stuff that, that you are out, it's out with your control that the body, the, the body does. So you may have heard me speak about before this sort of sympathetic state and by now you're probably thinking, shit, I don't know what that means. In layman's terms, what clenbuterol will do is it will stimulate the body's fight or flight response. Now, that is something I'm sure you're very common with. If you are, are perhaps not common with, with that terminology, have you ever been in a situation where like, um, maybe you've gotten a fright really quickly, something's happened, maybe like you've been driving and you like, cars pulled out in front of you or, or something like that and you just feel like a surge of like energy you feel really sort of your heart start beating really fast a little bit of sort of um maybe perhaps even a little bit of sweating you get really really fucking like focused and concentrated but just sitting there you feel all of a sudden like buzzing off your fucking tits right that's what i mean by the sort of fight or flight response so the dosages that the Clembrot was used or was used for people that had breathing difficulties obviously were fairly low, but at the dosages that bodybuilders will use, will use it, um, the, the side effects to list them, as I said, elevated heart rate, shaking, maybe trembling in the hands, increased, uh, increased like sweating um, and an increased sort of body temperature. Um, I think one other sort of potent side effect to note is that um, your sleep is, is going to be affected as well if you are sort of consuming this um and you're probably thinking like well how like if it causes all that how the fuck does it help achieve more fat loss and without knowing the, the science behind it i would totally totally agree with you so what it does is it causes a, a massive surge of adrenaline um or adrenaline release throughout your body and I'm sure you all have heard about adrenaline before and how it will kind of get you, as I said, kind of bought on, uh, quote unquote buzzing off your tits. Now you're thinking, that's cool, right? I've got high levels of adrenaline throughout my blood. Why, why does that help fat loss? So if I was to you know, try and simplify, grossly simplify this in, in, in the simplest way that I can, um, in a fat cell, we have two different types of receptors that adrenaline can bind to. We have something we call, we're going to call it the, the good guy. It's actually called the beta receptor. And then we've got a bad guy called the alpha receptor, right? Now, when adrenaline binds to this quote-unquote good guy, you know, fat burning, we could say, is initiated. However, if it was to bind to this sort of quote-unquote bad guy, no fat burning will occur. 
Now, so we're trying to get down to, to low levels of body fat. We want as much fat burning as possible, um, as much binding to this sort of good guy um, as we like. We could even sort of argue that any sort of binding to the alpha receptor, the bad guy, could be seen as the uh, enemy in in this this scenario. Now, you might have heard me sort of speak about these two different receptors in um, one of the Humbine articles that I wrote on the on the website. Um, and I've done a couple of uh, YouTube videos, IGTV videos on it. Um, so you might be thinking, like, it might be familiar with those sort of mechanisms of action and that sort of good guy, bad guy receptor. If not, I'd really encourage you to go on my IGTV and watch those videos. You need to scroll a little bit down or go on YouTube and go to the education folder. Um, and hopefully that's like a two or three minute video versus this uh, probably 30 odd minute podcast. Um, now, the adrenaline levels that are produced from butyrol are far more potent and far more heightened than you'll see from the likes of your humbine. So this is where its kind of effect on fat burning will be, will be far greater. Now, these adrenaline levels will stay elevated for a prolonged period of time throughout the day. So on top of the fact that you'll get a little bit more binding, or quite a lot of binding, to this sort of good guy receptor initiate fat burn, you're actually going to expend more energy whilst simply at rest. I know, right? You're, you're sitting there thinking, well, fuck, that, that sounds all right. You know, I, could, I can take this and I could sit on my ass and burn, burn more calories effectively. Um, I'm able to, to sort of utilize fat as a fuel source more readily. Um, so you can kind of see the appeal of this supplement. But I think that's a long-winded sort of answer of, of how it works. Um, the legality of Clenbutol. Um, in the United Kingdom, uh, it's currently an offence to supply or have an intent to supply Clenbutol. There is, however, no possession charge, therefore making its usage not technically illegal. So, in a roundabout way, that's saying that you can't sell it, but you could use it. Now, if you were if you're doing like a natural bodybuilding federation, it is of course a prohibited substance. Um, and if you're found to be using that drug, um, number one, you'd be a fucking asshole <laughs> for doing so. Um, but number two, you'd, you'd, you'd of course be disqualified. Um, in untested federations, um, its usage usage would not be tested for um, making its usage technically okay. Um, as far as I'm aware, unless the research has changed, um, when I was looking, trying to find out if it's still currently used in medicine, um, as far as I'm aware in the United Kingdom, um, it's not. However, I might be wrong. I was maybe looking at um, the wrong article or study um, when I was doing a bit of research. Uh, the reason I was doing that was because I was writing an article for um, the website. So if that is wrong, by all means, please do correct me on it. Um, and I'm more than happy, by the way, if I ever kind of quote something, um, if, I, if I'm ever wrong, I will come out and hold my hands up. I think that I've all, that the main reason I am where I am in my career is because I've often made mistakes and then learned from them, hold, held my hands up, uh, even with clients. You know, sometimes when maybe clients come off stage, and I'll say they've came second, and I'll say, look, I've spilled you over a little bit. That's my fault. There's a reason why we didn't get first. Or, or you know, whatever it is. Um, Next question, you're probably thinking, is it needed? Uh, well, in some federations, um, this is going to help competitors get down to the 
level of conditioning needed required to do well. Um, sometimes some federations like without the use uh, of like lipolytics or fat burners, however you want to call it, getting that conditioned um, would simply be unattainable. I know you're probably thinking that sounds really unhealthy, right? And I'm way to say to you, well, yeah, but no one ever said bodybuilding was healthy. And I think as well, we need to consider that as individuals, we all have like a different capacity, propensity to, to lose body fat. It's relatively easy for some, it's really, really hard for others. Um, so sometimes perhaps without using it, they might not be able to, for example, get their body fat to level down to where it needs to be. Like for the example could be that maybe in some females, they have really stubborn glutes uh, or fat sites around their glutes. Um, and without this usage, without effectively burying themselves for like a 30-week <laughs> diet, which would be fucking miserable, um, they've maybe opted for a shorter diet of maybe say 16, 18 weeks. Maybe they've used climb roll for maybe, I don't know, about 10, 12 weeks out. Um, I've been able to bring those sort of areas in. Um, it is something that if you obviously do decide to, to use, then that rules you out from any sort of natural competitions. Uh, for people that aren't obviously competing and are thinking about using this for the likes of a photo shoot or whatnot, um, I will give you some of my sort of experience and sort of two cents um, on it. it this, this is not a podcast designed to say, you know, go out and take Clem Butter or anything like that. Um, it's simply just to give you information of how it works, my experiences, um, and you can take, take it um, with a pinch of salt. So I've personally used Clenbuterol throughout many dieting phases um, over the years and I've also used it with uh, quite a lot of clients as well. I found it to be like a very useful tool to help me get down to the, to the low levels of body fat that I've wanted to get down to that was required for competing. Um, and although like the side effects may differ from individual to individual, personally, my body's response um, to it is absolutely fine. I may get a little bit of shaking in the hands for a couple of days, but that quickly wears off. Um, and, and after like you know, after a few days, I honestly barely even notice I'm using it. I think maybe perhaps as the as you get towards the tail end of prep, if you do up the dosages, you will notice it a little bit. Um, it will obviously impact your sleep, but I think by the end of prep, your sleep's already gone to fuck anyway your body's in sort of such a, a state of stress and funny story actually uh, a few years ago i was instructed um to take this morning and pre-bed let me tell you do not take it pre-bed and um, if you have listened to the first half of this podcast you'll obviously understand why we like knowing the science it was probably one of the worst things i could have done in regards to my sleep quality um I would take it before bed, go to sleep. As I'm sleeping, my adrenaline levels will increase and it kept just waking me up throughout the night. However, you know, we live and we learn. Um, hard lesson, but uh, I did it and now know, <laughs> please never, ever do that. Um, I, I will suggest, uh, or I personally take it as far away from, from sleep as possible. First thing upon wake is far away from the time that I'm going to actually try and get to sleep. Um, and that should be sort of back, like the adrenaline levels in your body should be back down to a kind of quote unquote normal level. Um, if you were to do that by the time you get back to to actually try and get to, to sleep later on that night. Uh, I've worked with many people over the years who at first have been apprehensive about using it because they've heard like stories about, you know, this, that and the next thing. And I, I will just say like, you, listen, you can find any story you want about anything on the net if you go searching for it. Um, 
However, what I've kind of found is we've chatted on the phone about it. We've followed like a safe dose mod, like dose model. Start off small, escalate a little bit. And they've also been, uh, they've all, they've been absolutely fine. Um, in that scenario, I found it to be really, really helpful, um, particularly in the last sort of eight weeks, um, eight to ten weeks for the client when they're dieting. Um, if I've known that from the start that they they're just going to really struggle or maybe you've been through a dieting phase before and there's one area that just didn't respond and their calories were super low output was super high and they were just generally just feeling totally totally shit which you're going to feel when you're when you're dieting anyway but it's it's a it's an effective tool i'd say in your toolbox um to help elicit further fat loss so i guess if you don't need lean glutes you might be thinking well what's the point and you're absolutely right if you don't need to get the, to the, those sort of low levels, um, then by all means, you do, you do not need to, to supplement that. Um, so I guess in summary, you could say Clen is used throughout the bodybuilding world. It, it aids in fat loss by stimulating this fight or flight response, this sort of release of adrenaline um, at high levels. Um, and it has a, you know, a variety of sides that if you are going to um, consume it, supplement it, that you should be aware of. But ultimately, the consumption or supplementation, um, that choice should be yours and yours alone. Um, if, it, if you have a coach, discuss it with them first. I wouldn't sort of blindly just follow orders. Um, if you have any sort of uh, apprehensions about it, I would always do your research first. Um, get educated on it. And that's all this podcast is sort of serving to do. So I hope that that does help. Um, I really tried to condense that as sort of, quickly as I could you could say um, because I know it can kind of get a little bit boring but honestly that I could have went into more detail and probably spent a good hour hour and a half but talking about it, but hey that's not what this podcast is about so moving on uh, completely uh, to a, compl- uh, a topic that's not related to that and that is just a question like a client was was telling me about how they uh, they were usually fine training on their own but since uh, lockdown and they've sort of been forced into a point of uh, having to train with someone, um, you know, living in the same in the same house, flat, whatever you call it, um, they've actually found that they're they're so much stronger than they ever were. Um, but I'm just going to start off and say that I attribute a lot of my progress over the years to having a consistent training partner. I've not always had one for the past five years, but I've had them in stints um there was a while but i think back to 20 20 sort of 16 um 2017 i trained with uh, a guy at pure gym his name was adam hardwood uh, we trained he, he did all my sessions which is awesome um thereafter trained him own for a little bit um because he kind of went down a different route of training uh, then ali um came back from australia uh, we trained legs together um for a heck of a while um, and then as well as as you all know Ali being being the shy bag that he is decided that uh, <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding he, he his sort of needs uh, the moves that he needed to do when it came to training were, were completely different to mine you know we are completely different heights leg like leg lengths femur lengths whatever you call it so our, our leg days were, were a little bit different um, and then it kind of there was always someone in the gym that was there to just spot me you know which was which was great um, then I, I trained with Fitch um, for God, that was almost it was two years. So we went through two two preps with me, 
uh, one prep with him and then lockdown hit and then after it he decided to, to go down a different route again um, kind of a common theme here isn't it that training partner comes aboard with me and goes on a on a different route um, and then just the past wee while um, before lockdown and everything like that obviously I was training with Ali and uh, one of my clients Chris um, in, in Perth uh, but hey um, maybe 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 when the gym's reopen again now one thing I would say is that without over the years though you know those training partners being there there is just no way my quads would be as they are right now so reason being right is that we've we all follow this sort of model of progressive overload if you listen to this podcast then you definitely more than likely do and, and that's all well and great sort of writing out writing down a number um going to the gym smashing it and doing it however there comes a point where you will write down a number and you look back at your logbook or your way to write your numbers down you go fuck I've got to go I've got to go unra- I've got to go do that um, or you unrack a weight and your a voice in your head goes shit this is heavy so in, in those sort of scenarios you, it's, it's, it's a battle for every single rep to maintain for proper form execution um, and, and when you kind of get to that let's say you wanted f- six reps and you get to that fifth one and it feels like a fucking ton on your back, um, knowing that you have someone there to then go for it, and if you get stuck, they can they can help you. Um, will often encourage you to do to go for the rep. And what I've found is that more often more often than not, that rep that you thought was 50-50, you get it on your own. And you're thinking, oh well, that's great. Why does that matter? Well, imagine that you do that every set of every single workout. Could you only then imagine how much more progress you would make over a month, six months, a year, two years? Exactly. If you if you're getting let's say let's say with the training partner you get an extra rep per set, extra two reps per set, as an average for every set that you do with them there, you you do the math. You times the total reps that you got by the weight on the bar without them, then with them, you do it across the year. You will be thousands and thousands of kilos. Um, in the surplus versus if you didn't have a spot. And also, I think that the the sort of challenge, um, the natural competitive nature of it is there. If you if you are perhaps have a training partner that is maybe perhaps a similar strength to you, then you know what what I used to do was maybe take it in turns um, some weeks. Uh, one of you goes first, maybe perhaps you've got the same weight on the bar, and uh, one of you sort of sets the tone. Then the next set or when it's your turn, you're like, right, I'm going to fucking beat that. Um, take today, for example, um, I was training chest uh, with Chris. He did a set. He got um, 12 reps, seated the handle, cable chest press. I was like, cool. I got you 13. Then I went in and got 13. And next week, I'll go first. And I bet you the same will happen. Now, it's not a case of being better than one another, but it's just a natural competition that I'm sure we all are aware of and, and all know uh, a competitive nature within us um, and the same kind of goes for even if like so when me and Ali train together the loads that we've done were, were very different but what we would do is we'd still take it in turns to go first because the first one would sort of set the tone um, set the standard in regards to intensity so let's say for example Ali's just Ali's just went in and uh, he just fucking, you know, absolutely obliterated the set. By the end of it, he's 
you know, he's giving it the fucking mega beans, shouting, swearing, he's, you know, that, that last concentric on the way up on the hack, maybe taking him sort of three, three or four seconds. I've been there, but I've not needed to spot him. And he grinds through the rip. Well, if I've just seen that, I'm like, well, I want to fucking do a set. <laughs> like, get out of the way, let me get on there. I'm not, and in doing, like, I'm not going to go on then pussyfoot about it and do a set that that is somewhat um, like a lesser intensity than what I've just saw. Why? Because, well, the competitive nature side of things, but also just, just energy is infectious. Like, if you go on, you kind of fuck about and you do a set and you just, like, you leave a few reps in the tank and you leave it. Have a look at the next person that goes on with you. Unless they're fucking, like... Unless they're hell-bent on having a PB, it's more likely they're, they're going to struggle uh, to, to get up. So I always just say that energy is infectious and you can kind of bounce off each other. At the same time, I think in the depths of prep, you can kind of drag each other along. Um, when I was prepping and, and sort of Steve was in a bulking phase or an off-season or vice versa, there's some sessions I would show up and I'm like, Steve, just get me through each set. Just, just be the fucking cheerleader at the side. Just make me do the reps that, that I don't want to do. Make me do the hard reps. Um, and I think if you if you train with someone for long enough, they they kind of know how to get you going. They, I think like with with me and Steve, we would be able to say literally like one sentence, a couple of words at times, and that would just evoke an emotional response. And and if I was like getting in the zone and I was fucking you know, not shouting and screaming, but just getting myself amped. He was doing the exact same. Uh, but on the days where I'd come in and I knew I had numbers to beat, he was up for it and I was just like, you know, if you've been prepped before, like, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be able to relate to this. You maybe had three hours of sleep the night before, four hours of sleep. Um, at times, they just, they drag you through. And so many times in a session, I'm like, thanks, man, I needed you today. Um, and what that done is it made, made me hold my numbers, hold the muscle mass that I had, um, and ultimately just bring bring the better condition. So as my prep went on, my sessions in regards to energy expenditure weren't lagging because I had that training partner there. Whereas it's all too easy, isn't it? At times, if we're training on our own, to get in our own head, you know, ah, you know, you had a shit sleep, ah, you don't need to go for that rep today. Is it is it silly going for that rep? You know, if we were speaking in different terms, it was about an off season, and um, that's maybe a bit different, right? I would say if it's there, take it. But when it comes to prep, uh, I think the nature of us bodybuilders, the tenacity, the stubbornness, the grip is such that we're going to fucking go for that rep, even if we had the, th- the three hours of sleep the night before. In an off-season, uh, maybe, maybe perhaps it's, it's a, little bit, uh, a little bit different. But in general, it can be all too easy to kind of get in your own head, to tell yourself that, you know, ah, you know that doesn't, you know, I don't need to do that set today. I don't need to push it quite as hard. I don't need to go for that PB. Um, or just just in general, you know, <laughs> not that I do this, but I've heard some people say, you know, they just they struggle for motivation on their own, have the day off, etc., um, etc. Et and before someone replies to this, I understand you're all probably going to say, but, you know, training on your own right now, you probably you know, can't do it because I can't get in the gym and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're, if you're in an outdoor gym, um, maybe perhaps you're in a garage or, or whatever, and you've got like a, a bubble or whatever they call it. Um, I'm sure that would still be that would still be okay. Some maybe some of perhaps in the same household or whatnot. Um, 
that you can that you can sort of train with and bounce off of. I understand that it's pretty hard um, right now in today's current climate, but it's maybe perhaps sort of some food for thought um, for when the gyms do open. You know, can you right now maybe perhaps connect with other like-minded individuals, um, whether they are perhaps your teammates, if you're under a, a specific coaching brand like the VWC clients, they reach out to each other, they train with each other, um, and they motivate each other and push each other, and it's epic to see. Some people in your neighbourhood, some people at your usual gym, just start forming sort of connections. You'd be like, right, cool, what's your goals, what's yours, blah, blah. Once the gym's open, can we move, perhaps connect, get a session together? The minute you do one session, then after that, if it's good, then you're like, right, cool, when, when are you train next, right, when are you train next? It can just be so hard um, it's sometimes to have a reliable training partner. And honestly, the best, most reliable training partner that you will ever find will be your logbook. If there's one person, one thing, should I say, that will hold you accountable to your numbers to make sure you do the work. If you are all in and you're invested in your logbook and you're invested in beating it, if you write that motherfucker out every single week, you will hit those numbers. And when things get hard, I always just say to myself, in those hard moments, I just say, like, let's say the target's seven and I'm on five and it's, it feels like I've got an elephant on my back. I just say to myself in a very sort of malicious voice, you'd be pissed off if you didn't write down seven. But I say it in my head and it just gives me a surge of just fucking get the job done. Um, I understand I'm going a, bit, a little bit off on, on a tangent now, but coming back to the point of training partners, the logbook will honestly be your best one. So that is it for today's episode. I hope that whatever you are, you're, you're surviving lockdown. I hope that uh, you're, not, you're not as frustrated as you perhaps were last week, the week before. In fact, you probably are. You're probably fucking way more pissed off and annoyed. Um, and if you are, listen, that's, that's all right. We, uh, as I said to you in previous podcasts, we have been putting on sort of weekly uh, team webinars for, for our clients um, to try and help them through this, this period, um, that give them more support, add more value. Um, if you would like to be part of those calls, um, all you need to do is, is sign up with my, either myself, Clara or Ali, um, you can do that by just arranging your sort of free consultation call, um, filling out the sort of the the, the consultation form uh, pre-call pack, which is in either one of our uh, link trees on Instagram. Either that, or you can just email um, email myself, um, or fill in the sort of contact form on the website. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share it with someone. Uh, please put it on your Instagram story. Let me know what you think. And wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.